Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here after all these years, after all these tears I shed. Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, at the age of 26, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. It changed everything for us, but I'm still here. You are. Hi. <laughs> Adjusting the lighting. Yes. Whew, okay. It is sunny today. Um, we are going to talk about 25 years. It's, uh, boy, most of our life together, we've been doing cancer, mm -hmm. right? So, um, yeah, it's exciting to think about the fact that we can celebrate 25 years of living with metastatic disease, right? It's definitely kind of monumental, I would say. and Unusual. Unusual. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I just wanted we're gonna we're gonna have some guests on over the next couple of weeks and talk about um, listen to their perspectives and and just kind of reminisce a little bit. But I thought maybe we'd start by doing that ourselves. So, okay. What do you remember? Um, for the most part, I, I it's being scared. Yeah. I mean, at the, the beginning there, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly being scared. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember the initial visit with Dr. Dr. Wee? Uh, kinda. Not, not no details, but yeah, I, ki I kinda do remember that. Just, yeah. Yeah, a few details. I mean, yeah, it's it was, but it wasn't. Um, that wasn't necessarily scary. I mean, because she was pretty positive. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I you remember. I I remember. I mean, I remember it was in the evening, and that made it a little bit unusual. I remember having Sydney with us, which also, um, we thought that we were going to be there, just kind of talking about all good things. And I do remember her kind of, I don't want to say backpedaling, but kind of saying, well, it could be this or it could be this, but it could be cancer. Yeah, I didn't remember we had Sydney with us. Yeah. Okay. So I just remember going, what? <laughs> what? And also I wasn't there to talk about, like she noticed like that my nipple was retracted right at the beginning of the visit. And I wasn't there to talk about that. I was there to kind of, I did want to mention that I felt some pain in my sternum, mm -hmm. you know? So, right. um, I just remember that going, like, just, it is surprising that things can change kind of so quickly, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it took two weeks, really, about two weeks, I think, to find out that, one, I had cancer, and two, that it was metastatic. Maybe it was a little less than that. But I remember getting, I remember her calling and asking if you could also get on the phone back in the day when we had mm -hmm. landlines. And her, she was the one who told us that it was cancerous and that we would need to do more tests to figure out what was happening. So you had done a biopsy before that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, that kind of that stuff got kind of fast 
it went fairly fast. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like we met with her. I don't know, I guess, what night of the week it was that we met with her. But we kind of went. Yeah, I remember it was like after hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, we then started, the testing started fairly quickly. Um, and it kind of was the initial stuff. I think a mammogram, an ultrasound, a biopsy. Yeah, those kind of things. That's it's right. pretty much what it took to determine that it was cancer. Yeah, and then and then from there we started meeting with. We met with a surgeon. We were doing a lot more testing, and then that ended. And another, it wasn't quite an evening appointment, but it was late afternoon. And late afternoon in December in Michigan is very dark, <laughs> so. Um, I remember the bone scan. I remember falling apart at the hospital, like, and knowing that I had to get to another appointment, and um, and then the doctor being so angry, <laughs> so angry. Yeah, that was not a good day. That was a terrible day. That was December seventeenth. That's kind of the day that I consider it like that's my anniversary, my cancer anniversary, right? Okay. Um, because I, I guess I feel like we would have done anything for an earlier stage <laughs> at that point. We would have been like, oh, we can handle anything, right? Yeah. But December 17th was like, oh, okay, we're all in. We got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, really a terrible day. Um, and I know that people can really, um, relate to those kind of things. It just feels like... You just, it's a spiral downward, and it's so hard to think about anything. It's hard to focus on, you know, absolutely anything. Other yeah, than that, that's kind of what, I, I think I just went blank. Yeah. You know, just, I don't know what to do, and I don't know what the wrong things are to say or the right things are, and you just kind of freeze. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think you're, you know circumstances were a little bit different. I literally had just resigned from my job and I was going to start a new job in a different school district. So there was a little bit of um, kind of the daily life of that too. So my former boss, my old job was like, okay, I'm sorry. And also, are you going to have your stuff done? Because you're leaving, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and just... I don't know. But I remember going to work a couple days before we knew it was stage four, and that was terrible, too. Like, I remember people saying, oh, it'll be fine, or all of those kind of things that you hear. And some people you didn't want to tell, and other people you did. And this was really, really tough. But, mm -hmm. but December 18th was a better day. That was the day I drove to my friend's house. You did go to work that day. Um, you knew that you were going to be taking time off and whatever. That was the last day before Christmas break. So, yep. um, so you went to work and I went to my friend's house and, and she was the perfect person to be with. She just was able to say the right things and kind of just sit with me as I was freaking out. But that was also the day that, um, Dr. Mariver called and I was in, we kind of, we're given a little light in the darkness. Not a little. I mean, a lot. I, I think 
you know, if uh, the, the the physician that we met with on whatever date that was, December whatever, 17th, you know, he was rude, he was upset, he uh, had the worst bedside manner. Um, if we would have stayed with him, uh, probably wouldn't wouldn't have maybe even remembered that because it he likely would have gotten a lot better after that but we had these two extremes to compare yeah we we had this physician who didn't just didn't want to be there compared to dr mariah right and that's why it is so extreme and well, such the, a big memory yeah. for us and so. i think that too it, it was all about him on yeah. Thursday night, about him having to give the news, about him going on vacation, about him, all of those things. It had nothing to do with me. Right. And the next day, talking to Dr. Mariver, the conversation was all about me. And that's what I remember actually saying that to you. Like, she asked me so many questions. She, yeah. she wanted to know about us and myself and all of those kind of things. Yeah. It just was really... Um, it was night and day. It was night and day. Yeah. So, I don't know. I... I like, there's been many years that I've been like, oh, it's my anniversary or my cancerversary or whatever. And you're always like, why would you celebrate the worst day <laughs> that we've ever had? It's true. <laughs> and I think you celebrate it because you made it through, right? That's true also. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think it just probably makes more sense to celebrate the end of your treatment. Which you probably don't even know. I don't even have the day. Yeah. Right. I think that's what normal people Well, and again, at the end of my treatment, like, I'm technically still in treatment. Oh, so So. we're still waiting to celebrate. (laughs) Okay. All right. But also, um, I think the longer I live, the more I've realized that sometimes it's nice to put good memories onto days that were bad. Right to be a little intentional about those those days if you can i mean we certainly do that as a country yeah true so um december 18th dr mariver calls gives me your phone number for the weekend tells me to eat some fruits and vegetables drink some green tea and we'll start killing cancer on monday Mm -hmm. what a difference yeah we, um, I bought some green tea and some fruits and vegetables on the way home from my friend's house, I remember. And uh, we decided that we would all go to a concert that we all had tickets for that next night, Saturday night. So that was still really challenging. It was... Um, it was it was great to be with my friend. She had just broken her leg in two places, so she was literally in a wheelchair... Um, so we got really great seats. That was nice. Um, and we were away from people. That was nice. Uh, but I remember going and a bunch of people from our church were also at that same concert. And I remember Mm -hmm. you saying like, do you want to go talk to them? And I was like, let's get it over. (laughs) So I don't remember this. Did they already know? I think they did, yes. Okay. Because we had told our closest yeah. friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there was a large group, I think, if I yes. remember right. Yeah, it group. was a yeah. big thing, yeah. So I just I was just like, let's just go and get over I was already really like 
It just is so hard to have conversation when everything you talk about, like... Because it's all small talk in it's that all situation. Small talk, and exactly. It's just, and, and small talk doesn't matter when you have stage four breast cancer. Yes. So, um, but we did it. And, and then on Monday, that Monday, we mm -hmm. started treatment. Yep. So, I mean, no time wasted. <laughs> we were in Ann Arbor. We were meeting Dr. Mriver in person. We were meeting the nurses. Uh, my mom went with us. And we were off and running. Mm -hmm. And uh, started chemotherapy. Yeah, I remember asking Kelly, my nurse, Dr. Mariver's nurse. Um, well, she before I even asked her, I remember her saying, "You're the same age as me," and you know, basically, we're not going to lose you. It was really sweet of her to say that, and just to kind of, you know, yeah, I don't know if nurses understand how much patients hold on to those things you know mm -hmm. and um no i i don't it it's i think a similar you hear from a student 10 years later and they say oh i remember when you said yeah. and you're like what are you talking yeah. about i mean i'm glad that you hung on to that and or that's the reason why i may you know and yes, went into this and right. like what yeah um no you're you're i think she's probably just doing her job now, were you different? Yeah, I don't think they see a lot of 25 or 26-year-old right. stage 4 breast cancer patients. You are you were an unusual patient at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, there was some personal stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because Kelly <clears throat> went on and she went she left the state, even went to a different cancer um, place and she's since come back and we one of the committees or groups that I meet with, she's also a part of that. And this has just been within the last couple of years that we were on a Zoom and I didn't have my camera on, she didn't have hers on, and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's her. I knew exactly. Like it was just really cool to be able to yeah. reconnect a little bit and, and she of course remembered me and it was really cool. But we started chemo that day. Um I remember asking her when my hair was going to fall out, and she's like, in 14 days. <laughs> I was like, oh, about that. She's like, nope, <laughs> that's the science, mm -hmm. 14 days, good luck. Um, I remember that, you know, the chemo, I had a reaction when we first started it, and that was just something we we weren't prepared for, or I just didn't, I don't know, I just had no expectation. I didn't know what chemo was enough to, I kind of thought, oh my gosh, this is what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it was crazy, but kind of as I would just say what I also remember from that time was like, as soon as we got going, I also like things finally stopped getting worse. Right. Yep. That was the best thing. Like we, it yeah, just felt no like doubt. in the first couple of weeks or the first, like in terms of diagnosis, I could not get a positive test result to save my life. Well, yeah, with the exception of uh, it obviously didn't travel to every organ in your body. Right. With the exception of that, every test wasn't just bad. It was the worst. Yeah. It was the worst. It was the worst possible like, outcome. Like, whoa, um, with the exception of that. Because yeah. could it be worse? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I understand that. I think but. we actually did a brain scan after I started chemo. I think it might have been right after that. Like, we hadn't gotten to that yet. Oh, I didn't remember that. Okay. You know, um, but I, everything else had been done, I think. So we yeah. did know that it wasn't in some of my organs, which was great. It was just everywhere in my bones, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but once we got started, then it was like, okay, baby steps. How do we move forward? How do we things keep getting, how do we keep it? I don't want to say positive necessarily, but how, what can I do and how can we kill cancer? Every well, day? this is where you really started to do. Um, not only by um, letting people know what was going on in the form of that letter or, mm-hmm. or whatever that was, and, and truly... We got just a tremendous response, which is pretty uplifting, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. But in the day before internet and doing the social media and all that, we got that without it. And mm-hmm. it was it was pretty mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, not only that, you know, you, I, you started writing the letters to Sydney. Not mm-hmm. the book, but mm-hmm. the letters to Sydney. You know, mm-hmm. those actual. And, you, and that's when you just started doing. Mm-hmm. And you, I think, read a few books, listened to some... It wasn't podcast. What you? No, I actually had a woman. So oh, that's what it, remember. Yeah. I sent out this letter because you know I was leaving one school where I worked in a bunch of schools, so I had a lot of people there that were concerned. And then you know you have a lot of people too, and whatever, and our families back home. So I had sent this letter out, just kind of saying, you know, just help us. Like we're we're trying. We're not saying why me. We're saying try me yeah. and. And just like, you know, and this woman sent me a literal cassette tape of uh, Bernie Siegel, like visualization. Hmm. And that's, and she was, she lived in Pittsburgh and she said, you know, like, I've been doing this for a while. You can do it too. Like, you know, and like, here it is. And, and she was like a, a teacher that I was, I knew, but I wasn't super close to. It was like her stepmom or something that just was like. How do I, this is what I'm going to do to help, you know? Um, so yeah, it, I did start to build my days around, okay, what, what can I put in that feels good and what can I get rid of that feels bad and how do I do this? And just feeling your way through it because we, you know, no matter what people tell you, they don't know how you're actually going to feel after chemotherapy. So right. the day after, is it two days, three days, four days, etc. When do you start coming back up? People had their, their guesses, and even when I'm talking about nurses and doctors, but it's your body that's really responding to that, and yeah, you started even, figuring that out. Well, and even with chemo, though, I think, you know, there is kind of like a add-on effect. So sometimes, you know, I don't remember feeling terrible the first time, necessarily, but maybe I did. I don't really remember. You don't really know after each one feels unique and because, you know, maybe it's because it's an additional chemo or whatever that is. So, um, but yeah, we did just kind of start figuring that out. Treatment Mm -hmm. was once every three weeks and, um, the, I, the story about the hair, the only thing that I remember about that is that, um, we had, so, I had left my job in order to get benefits. I needed to work one day at my new job and we had a snow day on the first day back, which was day 14. And I was just like, 
<laughs> okay. So I didn't, I don't think I even touched my hair that day. And then day 15, I went to work for one day. And that was, again, I was getting used to like uncomfortable things, but I was literally just working um, kind of as like a paraprofessional in a classroom, even though I was an occupational therapist. It just was really just to, just to, to do and I mean, thankfully they were like, yes, do this. Like just, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and I knew it was one day and then I was off on leave and all of these things, but on the way home from that, I started tugging like at my bangs and they would just come out like they were in. So, so then we shaved my head that night. So mm -hmm. that was, that was um, interesting. <laughs> but again, I think I needed it just kind of as a transformation for me. It was like, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what my, my focus is, right? Yeah, you were all in. So. And you gave permission to the people around you uh, to support your all-in-ness. What do you mean by that? You, you let everybody know that not it's why me, or not why me, but try me. Mm -hmm. You said, I'm going to kill cancer. You made it obvious that um, you were going to do everything to attack this, this thing in your body. Which gave, which probably changed the narrative of some people. Now, I get some people came up to you and told you stories about people <laughs> who died. But um, other people were like, oh, hell yes. Let's go. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, they had that too. And they had permission to do that instead of, oh, I hope you feel okay. You know, like my friends and stuff. They're, yeah. they're, they're not those people anyway. But they can be those people when... You know, it, yeah. they just knew because of the letter and because of those things, they were just like, all right, yeah, I'm going to support that, you know. We don't know how to support it, but we're yeah. going to support right. it. That's yeah. how we all felt, yeah. right? Like, we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing yeah. something, mm -hmm. right? That's how, that's what I, that's how I'd sum up the first couple of years. We don't know what we're doing, but it seems to be working. <laughs> so yeah. we're just going to roll with it, mm -hmm. right? Um I'm, by the end of my third round of chemo, we did a scan and uh, my tumor in my breast was undetectable. And I remember Dr. Mariver saying, we are clobbering the cancer. And just like, again, just the things that you'll never forget. It was just awesome. That was the real first good news. Yeah. Yeah. That was mentally changing. Yeah. Like this is working. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and what I'm doing must, I'm going to keep doing, I'm even going to put a little more effort into what I'm doing because of the results that I got. Yeah. It was affirming. It was affirming. And it's one thing that I have talked to other women about because oftentimes with metastatic disease, they don't do double mastectomies anymore or mastectomies in the same way. And um, I, I understand kind of that initial want to get it out, but it was so empowering <laughs> to shrink it right to have it disappear to see that when you take out a ma mass before you, you have that opportunity you don't know for hmm. sure you know did did the nipple unretract i don't really remember that i don't either <laughs> like i'm trying to I, huh, okay i don't know i don't yeah i don't know the answer mm -hmm. so um there were so we did treatment all of almost all of 1999 
we did it through, uh, I was hoping to be done with radiation before you went back to school or before football or something. It didn't end up happening. I know we did it into September. So sometime in September, I finished radiation. So chemotherapy, stem cell transplants, double mastectomy, radiation. <laughs> Sometimes I just go, what the F? <laughs> what do you mean? My wife had stage four cancer. <laughs> We'd been married a short time. We have a one-year-old. Yeah. A, a one-year-old. And I go, yeah, let's co let's be a head football coach. <laughs> and he got the head football job. And and it. you're like, yeah, we, we got time. <laughs> like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, I just, mm, I can't believe that. Well, the upside oh. to that was, I mean, Sydney, you know, had some good birthday parties in the stands. And it was okay. It was okay, but, like, I just, I can't believe it. I wouldn't say I would do it any differently. No, but I'm just I saying either. that's definitely not the way a lot of people, sane people would probably do life. Well, I can say, I mean, part of that, I I grew up with a dad. Some, got, some people take, like, six months off school. Yeah, to Lord. support. But I will say, like, my dad was, he did whatever he wanted in his life. While and I watched that, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't view it negatively, right? So I don't feel like it. It didn't feel like a slight to me. Like, yeah. how can you not be with? You know, you need to be here. I never felt like that. I just felt like, oh, that's cool. You wanted a head football job. <laughs> you should. Take well, I had it. gotten the head football job before you True. got diagnosed. Okay, yeah, but to. To still do it was kind of crazy. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. Football's been such a big part of our family, mm -hmm. though, so it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, to not have it would have been a big loss. And I don't think I think that's part of like we we did not want cancer to change everything about us. I mm. guess you know. Mm -hmm. There's I don't think there's anything that cancer hasn't really touched in our lives. I feel like it's really formed um almost everything right mm -hmm. but um there's it's i think sort of how you it, i don't feel like we would have mm, <laughs> i'm stumbling through this i feel like i didn't want cancer to feel like something that was taking things away more than it already was right it took away the yeah the opportunity to have more children you know um, it took away all, I don't, just kind of that, the thought that you would just, that life would just be the way you expected it to be. It, it took away a lot of things, but then the replacement of what comes with that, instead of being like negative or I had to grieve some of it for sure. But I think some of the perspective that it left us with was so in incredibly valuable, right? Right. And it's, so that's what's, I mean, I, I, I think sometimes when I talk with women, and I, I understand the grieving. I think grieving is important. But there's also a point where you just have to go, okay, 
how can I make lemons, lemonade, you know, <laughs> how can I make lemonade out of lemons in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think, how do you think cancer has impacted us? Or what do you... Oh, the big you, thing is perspective, yeah. you know, just on the, you do only live once and it can end at any time and uh, uh, we we are not in control of most of those things, yeah. although we want to be and we we try to eat healthy and exercise and do all the, to, to live a longer life and all that crap, but it it's, you know. Yeah. You don't have so perspective definitely, and I think that's probably our personality too. Is the that perspective we've adopted? You know, the you only live once type of thing, and mm -hmm. take some chances and do those things, and we'll figure it out type of attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I don't necessarily think we would have done that to the extent without cancer by any means. No. Um. You know, we got tie. Yeah. Because of that. And that yeah. would have never happened, yeah. I don't think. I mean, I don't think that would have ever happened. So I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. Ty Ty is the biggest unexpected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For the we adopted a son from India. Yeah. When he was a year and a half old. When you, how long had... He came home in 2002, in August of 2002. Okay. So, but we started the process um, in January of 2001. I do look at some of that and go, wow, I can't believe we tackled it when we did. I hadn't been out very long. Like, I, you know This just mean? tells you, and I don't think of us like this, but we were effing crazy. Yeah. You know, head football coach and new head football coach and doing all this and the craziness that comes with that. And, hey, you know what? Let's adopt another kid. I, I really, you know, you've been out of this treatment for a long time now, like <laughs> 10 <mad>. months. <laughs> um, and that was just us. I don't know. I think it was uh, take the opportunity if it was available. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I mean, I look at that's for both of our kids like if we hadn't kind of haphazardly said oh yeah let's see if we can get pregnant we wouldn't have had sydney i had cancer during yeah. that time mm -hmm. we know that you know it would have we would have found it and that would have we wouldn't have had kids you know um that way so i mm -hmm. think i think also i mean my feeling on on that with Ty, and I remember you were hesitant, and you just were like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know um, if I have <laughs> more <laughs> in me, right, and whatever, but I just saw you as a dad that was, like, such a great dad that even if I wasn't going to be there, I knew he'd have a really great dad, you know, and that, to me, was was worth it, I mean, to try, I guess. And, I mean, we've talked about it many times. Ty, Ty, you know, will say that he's thankful in some ways for the cancer because that's what brought him here. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
it's a it's a great thing and um, I do feel like our family is exactly the way it's supposed to be <laughs> you know uh, and I think even like the cancer has had us allowed us just we say yes to things right so we do. and um, and so, we have an awesome life yeah like an awesome life and uh, hasn't always been easy or whatever but I no. think everything is perspective right it's comparisons yeah. and and you know we were broke for a lot of years yeah but it was our normal so it wasn't broke yeah but now you know we couldn't do things and didn't really want to do things or I, I don't it's just all in perspective but yeah I'm very very thankful for a lot of things now mm -hmm. because of that yeah but more because of that I'm saying because of the perspective in comparison. Yeah, I think that the perspective helped us along the way because when you're a young family and doing, you know, raising kids and things like that, there is a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses and that kind of stuff. And, and certainly, um, I think I've talked about it before too, like, even once I had gone back to work, people kind of assumed that we were the same as them in terms of, you know, working and, you know, our financial life was not the same as anybody's, you know. And also, I mean, even I, I guess last year I worked full time, but it's I don't generally work full time. I It's really important to me to have the flexibility to do the things that I need to do um, to take care of myself and to be with you guys and everything else and I've always you know I've always appreciated your support of that right but I think you've always just realized too like it this is not about the money right <laughs> so nope. um I don't know it's yeah so I don't know what day of the week uh December 17th is on I'm guessing it's in the middle of the week me too. Which means I don't even know if I'll be home. <laughs> I was Probably gonna, not. going to suggest a celebration of some kind. It is on a Sunday. Oh, it's on a Sunday. Woo! Um, well, how should we celebrate? I don't know. This is more your call. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I'll think about it, I guess. Okay. I don't 25. Know. 25 quarter of a century there's got to be something there it's normally birthdays but i know i this just, is more important it is more important without this there'd be no birthdays, no birthdays. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so um yeah happy to be here i don't feel like this is our better most uplifting episode <laughs> was Talking about all the crappy parts. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still here. You are. See ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. After all these years, after all these tears I shed. I'm still here. And I'm walking this earth like I should be There was days that I didn't know if I would be Yeah, yeah Now I stand tall with my feet 
in the ground and my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be Here we go, here we go Hey everyone, I hope you love this episode of I'm Still Here, and I wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next. So be sure to rate, review, and follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, especially if you found it helpful. We need all the shares, likes, stars, and love we can get. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave your comments and questions, and we'll incorporate them into future episodes. Have a great day.